0: Hi everybody, this is Jimmy DeYoung. Welcome to Prophecy Today. If you've got 90 minutes, we need you to stay right where you are, keep the radio dial right where it is, because we're going to be bringing to these microphones broadcast partners who are going to assist us in looking at the details behind the headlines in the news to get a better understanding of really what is going on in our world. And then at the end of the broadcast, I'll take a look at the book. We'll bring the Bible out, and we'll see how current events compare to the prophetic scenario that is found in God's Word. That's all ahead. Keep the dial set because I want you to hear a special interview I'm going to do with Dr. John Whitcomb. The scientists are telling us there are 17 billion, that's a B, 17 billion planets out there. want to see what Dr. Wickham has to say about that. By the way, we're going to be here. We're here at Word of Life in Word of Life, Florida. I'll be teaching all next week in the Bible Prophecy Conference. I'll be talking about the five major cities of Bible prophecy. So I want you to come along and join us if you can. I'll be speaking every morning at 930 and then Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday night, we'll have a great time studying God's Word. Hey, we're going to leave right after the broadcast, go over to Eastland Baptist Church in Orlando, Florida. Uh, That's on Lake Underhill Road. It's uh, 9,000 Lake Underhill. Love to have you come. Uh, Dan Green, the pastor, is inviting everybody to join us as we study Bible prophecy, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, and 6 o'clock on Sunday. Well, let's get right to our broadcast partners who are going to give us those details behind the headlines. The first one coming to the microphone, Ken Timmerman. He's in the Washington, D.C. area. He looks at geopolitical activities with us. And, Ken, let me just come right out of the gate asking you the question, what are your thoughts about the fact that Chuck Hagel, a former United States senator who was a Republican, he has been nominated by the Democratic president, President Obama has chosen him to be the Secretary of Defense. What are your thoughts?
1: Well, I think this is a disastrous pick. Um, You know, I'm also the president of the Foundation for Democracy in Iran, Iran Iran.org. We work with the pro-freedom movement inside Iran and try to wake people up in this country and in Europe to the threat posed by an Islamist regime in Tehran. And, Chuck, we put out a a paper on him um, on uh, Thursday and have been distributing it to Congress on Friday, Uh, that essentially uh, lays out his very close relationship to the pro-Tehran lobby. This is somebody, uh, Senator Hagel, who has lobbied consistently uh, against U.S. sanctions on Iran. He has lobbied first President Bush and now President Obama in favor of uh, direct negotiations with the Tehran regime without any sorts of preconditions. He seems to have um, underestimated or, or or failed to appreciate the threat from a nuclear armed Iran, and thinks that they ought to be able to to have nuclear technologies uh, all around. Just from those viewpoints alone, regardless of his uh, what I believe is his anti-Semitism, Chuck Hagel is a is a bad pick, and uh, we are encouraging the United States Senate to reject him.
0: Well, that is, I believe, also some of the heartbeat of the Israeli leadership. I've talked to those people over there and got a heartbeat from where they're coming from as well. They're not saying it publicly because they really don't want to get involved in U.S. politics, but that is really what they're saying off camera and off the microphone. Well, let's, uh, b- before we leave the uh, appointments by the president, let's talk about John Brennan. Any thoughts about him being the head of CIA?
1: Well, really what you have here with with John Brennan, uh, John Kerry at the State Department, and Chuck Hagel, you have the, uh, uh, and Obama, you have kind of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Uh, uh, These are appeasers who would like to essentially uh, downsize the United States. Uh, Chuck Chuck Hagel will downsize the military. Kerry will downsize America's uh, prestige and influence overseas and uh, subject our foreign policy decisions to a show of hands at the United Nations and other international organizations and John Brennan will downsize the CIA from a United States intelligence organization to one that does liaison work with foreign uh, intelligence uh, organizations such as uh, you know those in Jordan or in Pakistan uh, without having unilateral US assets on the ground Brennan is also dangerous because uh, he has been an apologist for the islamists who have swept across uh, the middle east over the past two years in egypt and tunisia uh, libya and today in syria he has downplayed the notion of jihad he he has said publicly that jihad is not uh, holy war as every muslim leader who has been engaged in jihad has said from khomeini on down but it is simply self-betterment and self-fulfillment this is ridiculous brennan is a danger at the cia he's been welcomed by uh, many people at the cia but uh, with all of them together under Obama's leadership, I think we were we are facing several years of American
2: appeasement.
0: Four horsemen of the apocalypse. I'd love that phrase. You write an article like that, explaining what you've just said, and I guarantee I'll put it on the front page of our website. Very, very interesting comments. Well, let's look to the Middle East if we can. Uh, the Iranians are saying that the patriots, which arrived with about a thousand U.S. soldiers in Turkey, are there actually to protect Israel. Now, that doesn't seem to, uh, he and Hall, with exactly what uh, Erdogan has been saying, the prime minister of uh, Turkey, he doesn't really like Israel as far as I'm concerned. I think there's another reason. What are your thoughts?
1: Well, uh, you're absolutely correct. Erdogan is not uh, like Israel. He, uh, prompted the uh, so-called flotillas which have gone to Gaza uh, uh, some of them you know one of them actually set sail from Turkey uh, and confronted the Israeli government uh, now this is this is just you know Iranian uh, i believe it is just uh, breastbeating breast beating by the Iranian regime the uh, version of the, Patriot, the patriots that are being sent to Turkey uh, are, will work very well against slow moving Syrian rockets whether it's scuds or frogs They will also help to shoot down Syrian aircraft, but they won't be very uh, effective uh, from long-range missiles, which is what Iran is suggesting that they're there to
0: do. Ken, I usually use uh, David Dolan to do our Middle East news update, but indeed there are other activities in the Middle East that affect not only the Middle East uh, and as it relates to Israel, but all the Middle East and the rest of the world. Uh, here's an article I want to ask you about. The Egyptian president, Mohammed Morsi, has remade his cabinet and increased the Islamist in his cabinet. Looks like they're headed towards an Islamic republic.
1: Well, they are, and uh, this has been in the cards for quite some time, Jimmy. It's uh, disturbing, uh, it's predictable, and I, I think what is most disturbing about it is that the Obama administration uh, is fully in cahoots with Morsi in helping the Muslim Brotherhood to take over Egypt. Uh, he's now brought three uh, new cabinet members in who are top members of the Muslim Brotherhood. And at the same time, he is uh, they have a team that this week has been in Washington trying to get a $5 billion loan from the International Monetary Fund. One must assume with uh, strong support from the Obama administration. This is, as I said, it's all predictable. We've seen that the Obama people had uh, secret meetings with the Muslim Brotherhood in April of 2009 and in June of 2009 in the White House and elsewhere, uh, and they have known what uh, the Muslim Brotherhood stands for and yet have instructed uh, top intelligence officials, such as General Clapper, who is director of national intelligence, uh, to tell Congress that the Muslim Brotherhood is is a, a... peaceful organization uh, without a militant wing and is, in fact, a moderate group. Frankly, this is just a denial of reality, uh, and I fear for where th- uh, we are headed as a result of it.
0: Well, there was an Egyptian magazine that put out the information the Muslim Brotherhood has actually infiltrated the Obama administration, some key players in some of the different locations of government. What's on that?
1: Well, uh, again, this is, this is all of a piece. You have uh, people who have been appointed by uh, Obama, to uh, very senior positions uh, in in the United States government, you got somebody like Arif Ali Khan, who is at the Department of Homeland Security. He's an assistant secretary there, for crying out loud, with access to information which is highly classified. Uh, you've got also Mohammed El biari who is a member of the Homeland Security Advisory Council, and uh, these are individuals who have been empowered by Obama, put in positions of responsibility. Some are spokesmen for the administration; others. Uh, have been sent uh, for example to the organization of the Islamic conference uh, to represent the United States and they are all uh, all of them have very close ties to the Muslim Brotherhood or to Muslim Brotherhood front organizations in the United States and it's not as if Obama didn't know this this was information which was publicly available uh, he knew that when he appointed them so i think this is a conscious policy on obama's part to solidify the relationship between the United States government and the Muslim Brotherhood
0: It tells me that it looks like President Obama is placing the foxes around the chicken coop to take care of the chickens. Boy, this is a bad situation. Hey, let's switch uh, to the United States and Russia and their activities cooperating with each other sometimes and not other times. There are reports that the United States and Russia is actually plunging into a new Cold War. What do you think about that?
2: Clearly the reset
1: policy that uh, Obama and Hillary Clinton tried to put in place with Russia early on in the administration has been an abysmal failure. You know, I listened just uh, last week again to the audio of the event where Hillary Clinton presents that famous reset button to uh, the foreign minister of Russia. And she said, you know, we spent an awful long time translating this to make sure that we got it right. So we had it say reset. Uh, how, did, how did we do, Mr. Foreign Minister? He said, well, you got it wrong. And instead of reset, it says overload. <laughs> so not only did they... Uh, you know, get the uh, policy wrong, but they got the translation wrong when they put it into Russian. Policies, I think, of the Obama administration have been essentially to cave in to Russian um, desires, whether it's, uh, you know, Russia's takeover in Georgia, uh, whether it's Russia's ongoing uh, involvement with the Iranian regime and their missile and nuclear programs. We have stood down from any challenge of Russia, and we've stood down even the Voice of America's Russia Language Service, uh, which uh, gave some hope to people who are opposing. Putin's dictatorship. And I think it's fair to call it a dictatorship uh, inside Russia today. So, uh, all in all, the um, administration has backed off any kind of pressure pressure on the Russian uh, government and emboldened Putin uh, and his minions to challenge us wherever they can. It's a, it's a dangerous situation.
0: Ken Timberman, he's an author, he's a journalist, he's a good friend of us here on Prophecy Today and one of our broadcast partners par excellent every time we receive a report from him. Ken, thank you so very much. We'll talk again next week.
1: Thank you so much, Jimmy. It's a pleasure.
0: We're going to take a break, and when we come back, our Middle East News Update with David Dolan. That's all ahead right here on Prophecy Today.
3: Christians in the last days. To order your copy of Jimmy D Young's Revelation: A Chronology, call us toll free at 877-674-3298 or visit our website at prophecytoday.com.
0: Hi Jimmy D Young here. Welcome back to Prophecy Today. We're going into our second segment. In just a moment, I'm going to be talking with David Dolan. He covers the Middle East for us. We'll have that conversation. But let me remind you, we're going to be in the Orlando area speaking on Sunday. We're here at Word of Life in Florida, and we're here for the conference next week. I'll be teaching about the five major cities of Bible prophecy. That's every morning at 930. Love to have you come and study the Word with us. But after the broadcast, we're going to go over to Orlando studying the Word of God with the people at Eastland Baptist Church and Pastor Dan Green. Would love to have an opportunity to meet you and let's study the prophetic word, see what's happening in our world and how it relates to the end time scenario found in God's Word. Well, the way we find out about what's happening in our world is talking to our broadcast partners, longtime broadcast partner, good friend of this ministry, David Dolan, who covers the Middle East for us. He's been doing it for over 25 years as a journalist, and he is on top of everything happening there. David, let me talk to you about a statement made by President Shimon Peres. He is the president of Israel. He has issued a warning that there could be a new Palestinian uprising. Now, that's called, I think, an intifada. Uh, Talk to us about that. There have been some threats by the Palestinians. Some of the radicals said they were going to enter into the third intifada. What's this all about?
2: Well, we started getting... um statements from the Hamas movement, which of course controls the Gaza Strip and is not um, in control of uh, Judea and Samaria, the West Bank. But we started getting statements from them uh, earlier um, last fall, I think, last summer or fall, um, saying that they were preparing for another re- a major round of violence and calling upon the Palestinian Authority to back them in in another um wave of violence and Hamas was really one of the main instigators of the first uh, intifada or uprising in uh, that began in December 1987 I was um working for CBS at the time and and often down in Gaza that's where that began and the second uprising was of course um more to do with Yasser Arafat uh, raising such a fuss after Ariel Sharon visited the Temple Mount um, so it wasn't really Hamas that initiated that one, but they immediately jumped in and sort of took it over and pushed it forward. So they're threatening again to do that, and uh, Perez is just pointing out that, uh, you know, they may well have the capability of carrying that off. Uh, what Israel could do to prevent it is not real clear. Um, the Palestinians won't go back to the peace table, so there's no prospect of a peace settlement avoiding it. You know, Israel continues to build homes, which the Palestinians object to, so on both sides there's things happening that uh, that cloud the picture, and uh, it we could well be facing another round of uh, major violence, and nobody wants to see that yeah, on Israel's side at least, but, um, you know, it may be unavoidable.
0: Well, in the meantime, Fatah, which is one faction of the Palestinian body politic, that's headed up by Mahmoud Abbas, who is the president of the Palestinian Authority, and Hamas, Fatah, Hamas, you've been talking about in the Gaza Strip. they are Their leaders are meeting in Cairo, Egypt. They're trying to make steps towards unifying, which would not bode well if indeed this intifada does take place.
2: Well, and even if it doesn't, that wouldn't be a, a good thing. Then, then officially, um, the Palestinian Authority, which is now calling itself the State of Palestine, not the Palestinian Authority, they've changed their name officially. Um, but uh, again, you know, they, they came out of the peace process. The authority was set up as a result of the process. And uh, if they were to fully abandon it, uh, they would risk losing U.S. economic aid. Uh, and I believe it was six hundred and some million dollars uh, that the U.S. contributed to the Palestinians last year. And the European Union is a major contributor, and Japan is, and they might lose all of that if they formally join forces with Hamas. But uh, Abbas is just recognizing, uh, as we've talked about before, that Hamas is very popular, and that their strategy of periodic attacks upon Israeli cities with these rockets is very popular amongst the Arabs and not just the Palestinians, but throughout the Arab world and the Muslim world uh, as, a, as a larger picture. So we see that problem uh, uh, existing, and of course it's now the Egyptian government under the Muslim Brotherhood that's uh, conducting these reconciliation talks or overseeing them, and uh, they have a big interest in boosting their stepchild, uh, Hamas. So um, the pressure is on the Palestinian leaders Authority leaders to uh, to let this process go on, and uh, yes, it bodes very ill for Israel if it succeeds.
0: you mentioned just a few moments ago about the Israeli government moving forward with building in both the eastern section of the city of Jerusalem and out in the settlement areas in Judea and Samaria. Well, the Prime Minister made a statement this week that settlements do not threaten world stability Iran. Threatens world stability. Is Iran still that number one threat, not only to the world but in particular to Israel? And is the prime minister right about those settlements?
4: Well,
2: I mean, obviously the the, the Jewish communities there are problematic because the land, the official status of the land is still up in the air. Um, you and I both know the history pretty well, but some listeners may not realize that Jordan just occupied the area. They never, they never formally uh, controlled the area according to the world. They never received world recognition for that. So uh, when Israel captured it in 1967, it was essentially um, um, an area that did not have uh, a government, a legal government in it. And uh, Jordan was just there and they kicked the Jordanian forces out and then Israel took over and started building these communities. And of course, um, uh, the Palestinians and their allies believe that they are a main obstacle to peace. But in terms of threatening world peace. Well, obviously, Iran producing nuclear weapons, backing Hezbollah terror attacks around the globe, and uh, building their naval forces as they're doing, and building rockets that can hit Europe and other areas. Uh, That's obviously a a more tangible, uh, immediate threat. And I think that's that's the main point that the prime minister was making.
0: David, I've asked others about uh, the Nomination by President Obama of Chuck Hagel to be the Secretary of Defense. Now, I know there has been some concern in Israel about that. You have the Israeli elections upcoming very quickly now. Uh, What about Hagel becoming the Secretary of Defense? I've heard that he really is not going to want to assist Israel in any type of preemptive strike against Iran. Uh, the situation doesn't look good from some perspectives. What are your thoughts and what is the Israeli government saying?
2: Well, officially, there's been no statements from the Israeli government, and there's not likely to be, Jimmy, because um, uh, whoever is leading the United States, and uh, it's no secret that uh, the current Israeli leadership would have preferred to see um, Governor Romney. Um, Become president. And of course, that didn't happen. Uh, so they have to, you know, go along with uh, President Obama again for four years and just hope for the best. They're certainly not going to come out publicly and denounce uh, somebody that's going to be in such an important and influential position. But uh, all the Israeli media reports this week have been quoting unnamed um, government uh, people, not top people, but. Uh, people in the cabinet etc uh... as saying that they are concerned about it and they are hoping that he that his nomination won't go through but again we're not going to get an official statement uh... on that point and if indeed he is um approved as uh... defense secretary then the uh... israelis will congratulate him and just hope for the best but yes indeed uh... they they are worried about his position on iran and, and several other issues and um and feel, frankly, some of them feel that he is uh, an anti Semite because he's made several statements that kinda go along with the world Jewish conspiracy uh thing that Hitler uh propagated and uh you know, that they were putting undue pressure on the senators and different things like that. Well, um, you know, every congressman and every senator is free to vote on any issue the way they want to, and uh uh, Israel tries to persuade, but so do the Arabs, so does everybody. You know, that's, that's the game that Washington is. So uh, they felt he was being a little one-sided there and maybe showing just a little bit of, of a hint that he has some anti-Semitism in his blood. So we hope not, but um, we'll see.
0: Give me 15 seconds. Our time is running out. David, talk to me about the elections. Look like Netanyahu going to come out on top, be re-elected as prime minister.
2: His party's gained this uh, week in the polls, so it does look like he'll remain as prime minister. But three left-wing parties are trying to unite, and uh, one of them said that if, they, if the three of them gain more seats together, then they will ask uh, Shimon Peres to appoint them as the next government, one of them as the next leader. So it could, could go either way, but it looks like Netanyahu will triumph.
0: And we'll stay on top of this story as well with David Dolan, who covers the Middle East for us with his updates every week here on Prophecy Today. David, thank you so much. We'll talk again next week.
2: You're welcome, Jimmy. God bless.
0: Thank you, sir. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll take a look at the European Union. Dr. Rob Congdon, he's standing by to give us that update. It's all ahead right here on Prophecy Today. Hi everybody, Jimmy Young, Welcome back to Prophecy Today. I'm here at Word of Life Florida. It's Hudson, Florida, just outside a beautiful conference grounds here in Florida for the Word of Life ministry. I'll be teaching all this next week. Looking forward to the opportunity to seeing some of our dear friends who come here from all over the world, really, because of the fact that this is a beautiful location at this time of the year. A lot of the snowbirds come down. We're going to have a great time studying God's Word. I'm going to be speaking on the five major cities in Bible prophecy. We're going to be talking about the uniqueness of cities like Damascus, Rome, Italy, Jerusalem, Babylon. Uh, The New Jerusalem is one of those cities we'll have to think about as well. But I hope you can come and join us here at uh, the conference ground, Word of Life, Florida. I believe I'll be speaking every morning at 930 and then Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday evenings, and we'll have some prophecy Q&A thrown in there as well. For this weekend, we're going over to the Eastland Baptist Church. We'll be at the Eastland Baptist Church with Dan Green and a good friend of ours, Leroy Elridge, who used to pastor. He's now kind of retired, working for an overseas missions ministry. We'll see those friends. We'll have a great time studying God's Word all day Sunday. So come along and join us if you can. Well, we're going to get back now to our broadcast partners who assist us in understanding current events as they are unfolding in our world today. The man who covers the European Union, in fact, the European continent as well, is Dr. Rob Congdon. He's an author He's a conference speaker, travels all over the world like we do. We have sometimes difficulty getting a hold of him, but uh, we usually find him wherever he is. And we do that for the purpose of talking to him about some of the things that are happening in Europe The European Union needs to be updated as it relates to their activities because they do indeed set the stage for Bible prophecy to be fulfilled, and I'm sure we're going to probably talk about some of their activities as it relates to the end-time prophetic scenario with Rob right now. Rob, several things I want to talk to you about on this particular report. Uh, Talk to me, first of all, last week we were concerned about Britain considering the possibility of withdrawing from the European Union. Now I understand the United States is warning Britain on this EU referendum, not to get involved in trying to get out. Give us some insight here. Why does the United States want to keep the European Union together, especially with Great Britain?
5: Well, I think there's several reasons. Uh, One, of course, is that for Britain, it's kind of a bridge for us into the European Union as a whole. Uh, Obviously, the common language, the uh, close relationship that has existed for years with Britain makes it easier to deal with the EU. I think there's another important element here, though, is that the Obama administration is the one that is doing the warning. Remember, their mentality or their mindset is very European, both in government and in the state uh, welfare state uh, social state etc and socialism so i think there's kind of a natural affinity to the eu they want to keep that door open and i've often speculated and sometimes it's a little more than speculation perhaps is ultimately the u.s. will become part of the european union and so obviously they have a strong interest in keeping britain as part of it
0: uh, has Britain really gotten serious about wanting to withdraw from the European Union? I mean, is this a, a concern of the rest of the member states in the European Union?
5: Uh, Britain is quite serious. Uh, there is a promised referendum or vote sometime between now and 2014, by the end of 2014, to see if, the e, uh, if Britain should stay in the EU. That's a promise within Britain. Uh, there is a growing movement against staying in the European Union. Britain has always gotten some special little side deals that exempted them from some of the more uh difficult or the parts that they didn't like about the EU constitution. Well those are starting to be gotten rid of by the EU. They don't like those special states for Britain. So the tension is growing, the people are responding, they don't see any benefit. They just want to get out. And uh the government is forced to have a referendum uh, the timing of that is up to the government, and they 're going to base on when they think the 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 polls indicate would be the best time for them to achieve their goal but it 's a serious movement um, i don 't believe they 'll be able to actually leave, but it is a serious movement within Britain.
0: Well, now, let me ask, is this a crack in the wall? And the reason I ask that question, Rob, is I hear a report about the European Union member states, the council, maybe the commission, I'm not sure who all is involved, But they're concerned about these breakaway regions. We're talking about Great Britain, but within Spain, for example, there are those elements there in Spain who would like to break away from Spain. Thus, they may well break away from the European Union. Could this be the beginning of the end for the European Union, or can they hold it all together?
5: Well, I think they'll hold it together. Uh, even the breakaway regions that are potential to leave, many of them want to stay in the EU. Uh, Scotland is probably the best illustration. There has to be a vote on that, whether Scotland will remain with the United Kingdom or go independent. Uh, the biggest thing that holds Scotland to Britain or to England at this point is the EU membership. So if Scotland decides to separate, and many of these regions, uh, that potential is greater. They'll separate from their current country. Uh, The EU's got to decide, do we let them go? Do they automatically get membership in the EU? Uh, If they allow that, there could be problems because some of the breakaway nations won't fit the qualifications for an EU country in terms of economics. So the issue is really a, a major issue, probably some of the regional tensions in the world like in spain they really don't want to separate from their country they only want to get more power or get more benefits Uh, countries like scotland which i've lived in for many years those people many of them are very serious they would like to be separated from england and that puts them in the case of becoming an independent country So uh, it is a real issue for the EU. It's something they've got to face within the next two years to reach some decisions of how they'll handle
0: it. You know what, uh, as you were answering that question, I thought of, and again I said at the beginning we're going to probably touch base with a prophetic scenario somewhere, I thought about Daniel chapter 2, the ten toes of iron and clay. Uh, Really, iron and clay don't mix together, and it looks like this is what we're coming to as far as what we see as the revived Roman Empire.
5: Oh, I I think absolutely that's the situation. Plus the fact, keep in mind, if we start having all these breakaway countries, plus uh, just for an example, this coming July, Croatia becomes another country in the EU. We keep enlarging the EU and their commission and their governments have to get bigger and bigger representing each country. They're going to move back to have to narrow it down to, say, 10 Governing regions—it's the only way you can handle an empire of that size. That's very close to what we read in Daniel.
0: Oh, glory to God, hallelujah! Well, one more question for you, Rob. We've often talked about the fact that Turkey would like to be a member state in the European Union. Howbeit, now there's a report coming out that Istanbul is the smuggler capital for any migrant who is European Union bound, and this was the concern, I think. The European Union leaders had that uh, the Islamic world would rush right into the European Union.
5: Absolutely, and uh, if if the door is as open as it is already through Istanbul uh, into the European Union, imagine that door becomes a, a giant like garage door opening. Uh, if they're part of the EU, it gets so much easier because of the borders are much open, uh, are very open between each country in the EU. So uh, it's a real concern for Europe. Uh, That flow of migrants, most of them are coming from nations and communities that are Muslim, so that's going to be a bigger input to the EU. So obviously there's tensions whether Turkey really should be allowed into the EU or not.
0: And with every report that we have from Dr. Rob Congdon on our update on the EU, we see that the stage is better in shape. All the actors right into their places. The whole stage is ready for the curtain to go up and that next drama to begin, which, of course, is found in Bible prophecy. I just enjoy so much talking with you, Rob. I don't know if anybody else listening to us has any concerns, but, boy, I have a great time uh, hearing you update what's happening and see how close we are to the fulfillment of Bible prophecy. Thank you, my dear friend. We'll talk again next week.
5: Thank you. These are exciting days to watch what the Lord's doing. Lord bless.
0: Very interesting information that Rob Congdon brings to the table as we continue to look at the events unfolding in the European Union and as they continue to set the stage, as I said, for Bible prophecy to be fulfilled. Longtime broadcast partner for us right here on Prophecy Today, Colonel Bob McGinnis. Normally, we look to him to give us information about geopolitical activities, but I want to look at domestic decisions by our president for two candidates for very important positions in his administration, the Secretary of Defense, Chuck Hagel, and John Brennan, who is going to CIA. And Bob, we'll get to those in just a moment, but some late-breaking news, Bob, as it pertains to what the United States military may do in Afghanistan. There is a report that U.S. troops may stay in Afghanistan post-2014. What's the word on that?
6: Well, there's a good chance it will keep a contingent there. The decision, of course, is up to the president as to how many. And I know General Allen, who's the commander in CINCOM, has made a number of recommendations. It goes from nothing all the way up to about 20,000. I suspect, though, in the end of it, we'll end up with some special operating forces that have uh, some sort of uh, reach-back capability with uh, you know, all sorts of bombing, uh, cruise missiles and the like, uh, and you know, also some easy special operations strike capability. But we're not going to be in the business conducting counterinsurgency like we've been doing in the past.
0: Well, and you said very early on when the U.S. troops were to be pulled out of Iraq that was a mistake. Do you think it's good that they may change this status and allow some troops to stay there?
6: Well, we've seen what's happened in Iraq. Iraq is uh, coming apart at the seams, uh, and some of the violence that is coming out of Syria is, you know, infiltrating into northern Iraq, emboldening the Sunnis. And of course, the Maliki, the Prime Minister of Iraq, is not helping by, you know, really using sectarian violence against the Sunnis. And so, uh, the Tehran regime is is really uh, not sure how to handle uh, this exploding problem. So the same thing could happen easily in Afghanistan, and if we're not there to at least help stabilize it and keep it on a, a, some sort of course that is going to be helpful to that country and to our interests, then, you know, it could go in the same sort of direction. And, of course, given next door Pakistan with uh, maybe 200 nuclear weapons they already have a problem with their own Taliban and al-Qaeda and other radical groups. So you know, that entire region could blow up if it's not done correctly.
0: And one more quick comment, too, please, on uh, General Dempsey making a statement that's going to be almost impossible to stop Assad in Syria from using his chemical weapons.
6: Well, the only way you can do that is to go in with large numbers of troops and secure those chemical munitions and to keep his forces away from it. And we're talking well over 100,000 troops would be required, and we're just not prepared to do that. And I don't think that uh, the president would have the American people's support to do it.
0: Let's get to those two nominations. Chuck Hagel, a former Republican United States senator, is going to defense. What are your thoughts?
6: I don't favor that at all. He's not an expert on defense. You know, he is an expert on foreign policy. That's what he did in the 12 years he was in the Senate. He also you know, is not a budget guy. And, you know, unlike uh, Panetta, who's the current secretary, uh, Hegel has no budget experience per se, and this is a very serious time for the Defense Department with budget. And then, of course, uh, Hegel f- favors basically nuclear disarmament, doesn't support missile defense. Uh, he has really stated some positions that I think are rather anti-war. Not that we should want war, but we we have to be prepared as the Secretary of Defense if necessary to go to war. And then, of course, he's radical with regard to his anti-Israel statements. Uh, He's got a lot of explaining to do uh, in that regard. You know, uh, Hegel has an extremely troubling record on the Middle East, you know, writ large. Uh, His statements uh, really make him appear as if he's anti-Jewish, anti-Israel. You know, he's known to have said, and this is a quote, the political reality is that the Jewish lobby intimidates a lot of people up here, and he's talking about Washington. You know, that's been taken as a slur, as an attack on Israel and its relationship with the United States, and especially with those that work on Capitol Hill. So, you know, there's a lot more to that, and I'm hoping that in the confirmation hearings that all of this is going to come out.
0: Just briefly, what about John Brennan? over to CIA.
6: Well, Br- Brennan's been around a long time. He was the deputy of CIA back in 9/11, and you know he's oversaw the the Seal operation against Osama bin Laden. He, I think he's probably crossed over from being a good uh, intelligence spook and too much of the limelight in the White House, uh, and he's compromise some of what he originally uh, believed in. So I'm very concerned about that. And, of course, you know the people on the Hill are going to hold him hostage, his nomination hostage, until they get answers, and rightly so, on Benghazi, because the White House has tried to you know, fool the rest of us that they didn't know, you know what everybody now knows they knew beforehand, and that is that they were trying to pull the wool over our eyes. And, and as a result, we lost four you know, very important people in that country.
0: Colonel Bob McGinnis with a report about the nominations for the administration of President Obama in defense and CIA. Bob, thank you so very much, my good friend. Well, Thank you, Jimmy. Very interesting conversation from Colonel Bob McGinnis. Insights into the new picks by the President of the United States for Secretary of Defense and the CIA. Security apparatus for the United States of America. Well, we're going to change the focus right now. We're going to bring to these microphones uh, Dr. John Whitcomb. Dr. Whitcomb, a graduate of Princeton University, who co-authored an excellent book, one of the classic books in all of Christianity, The Genesis Flood. He co-wrote that with Dr. Henry Morris, and they looked into the Genesis Record of creation and then the flood and all that took place many, many years ago. But we want to talk to him about something that's happening now and could well happen and be a part of our existence in the future. Uh, Dr. John, good to talk to you, sir.
4: It's a joy and a privilege again, brother, to be with you today.
0: Thank you so very much. Now, you have told us in the past, right here on this radio broadcast, that God has selected Earth for the only place to inhabit a planet And do a special work among the people on it. Now we're going to get to that and I want to do that. But there is a report out that there are some astronomers that have recorded information of about 17 billion. That's a B. 17 billion planets out there. Uh, First of all, uh, boy, that's astounding information to me. And secondly, are they pretty much on target? When God brought the worlds into existence on that fourth day of creation, when he put the stars out there, could he have done that with the planets as well? Talk to us about that.
4: Yes, it's amazing to read in Isaiah chapter 45, verse 18, about this planet Earth, which, of course, according to Genesis, was created before the sun, moon, and stars it must have been a special special place in fact as you know job 38:7 the angels rejoiced when they saw the earth being created they knew that that would be their exclusive focus of ministry hebrews 1:14 the earth it must be something special now listen to this in isaiah 45:18 for thus says the lord who created the heavens he is the god who formed the earth and made it now listen he established it and did not create it a waste or empty place but formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, there is none else. Now, you see friends, it's one thing to find even a million different planets out there somewhere in our galaxy and beyond that would be inhabitable. That is rarely possible. Very remote possibility. But here's the point, even if you find a planet somewhere out there that it looks like it's inhabitable, that's infinitely different infinitely different from the Earth which is inhabited. In other words, God had to create a special place called Earth with a special moon, a special star called the Sun. The moon protects us all the time from craters, 500,000 craters on the moon that would have hit here if it weren't for that protection. Tides from the moon oxygenate our oceans and permit life to continue in this planet. We've discussed this at some length in our beautifully illustrated book called. Our Created Moon with Dr. Don Young, page 54, what the tides are doing because of the moon to oxygenate, to purify the oceans and cleanse them and make life possible on this planet. So the moon protects us from space rocks. We've discussed this also in our moon book. And I say, Lord, how amazing is the function of the moon, just the moon, forget the other planets and their function, like Jupiter to protect us from asteroids. And I say, Lord, this must be a special place. And you know why? Because to this planet, not any other planet, now listen carefully, to this planet Earth, the creator of the universe came 2,000 years ago to become a permanent member of the human race by incarnation. And I say, Lord, that is amazing. And that's not it. Listen, one more, fo- one more point, folks. To this planet, not any other planet, to this one, he's coming back again. He said, Our Father, you pray like this, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, not Venus, Jupiter, or somewhere else, on earth as it is in heaven. And I say, Lord, thank you for that biblical reminder of the uniqueness of this planet. It's not only inhabitable, but actually inhabited by those who bear the image of God, namely human beings.
0: Dr. John, talk to me about the fact that is it a possibility there could be, could there be 17 billion, with a B, more planets out there, and indeed, could we not have noticed them because we didn't have the technology to be able to recognize that they were out there until today, but God could, when he said, let the, the stars also and everything else in all of creation, that could have happened? Or do you think... That's just subterfuge that the scientific world is trying to perpetrate upon us.
4: Yes, it's amazing how many things we're finding out there, friends. And I say, Lord, help us to realize that in spite of the fact that we have eight other major planets in our solar system, and other planets in other solar systems in our galaxy, there is a uniqueness about this planet that the Bible emphasizes over and over again from Genesis to Revelation. This place is special for God. He didn't need a big planet to land on, no, 2,000 years ago. He didn't need something special, special. He prepared a human woman, Mary, to be the, 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 the vehicle, the means, the instrument, through whom the Son of God, the creator of the universe, would become a permanent member of the human race. Now he has two natures, one person, Jesus Christ, the Lord, divine and human, two natures, one person, on this planet, in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. Thank you, Lord, for the special things you've done on this planet Earth.
0: Yes, indeed, on this planet Earth. Again, that reference in Scripture, Isaiah 45:18. Mark it down, my dear friends and uh, make sure you're I- able to find it real quickly. I put it in the uh, the leaf of my Bible there so I can go right to it. Well, you mentioned just a moment ago one of the reasons for the planets would be to protect this Earth, this one that God decided to inhabit it and send his son to, to protect it from asteroids. And just recently there was a report that there was one that came well, fairly close. Uh, you know, not really uh, that close, but uh, close as far as the astronomers are concerned uh, to our planet. Uh, those asteroids, what is an asteroid, first of all, and, and why are they coming this direction?
4: It is estimated, uh, Jimmy, that there are probably over 9,000 asteroids ro- orbiting around the sun between us and, and Jupiter and Mars. And some of those are huge rocks, As I mentioned before, 500,000 of them have hit the moon. Craters that we can see, a half million of them, that might have hit the earth. Huge hailstones, yes. And I say, Lord, what's coming to this earth? Well, when the moon is no longer protecting us, according to Revelation 16.21, what's going to happen? Listen, Revelation 16.21, during the Great Tribulation, which is just not too long, I believe, before us here, Huge hailstones, a hundred pounds each, will come down from heaven on men, and men will blaspheme God because of the plague of the hail, because of the plague was extremely severe. God will remove the protection, you see, of, this, of the moon temporarily during the tribulation. These things will strike the earth, thousands of them. And I say, Lord, protect us, please, from what we deserve. Help us to repent and turn to Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that we might not be the focus of the target of these colossal celestial devastations that will come someday soon we believe upon this earth this asteroid we see now apophis they say it may come here in 2036 that that is a very very remote possibility what God says of course in Revelation 16 will happen not too long from now as God will will bring about this destruction of Thousands of asteroids, meteorites, rocks rotating around, or excuse me, orbiting around the sun, God simply will divert them to strike the earth. And I say, Lord, help us to repent, help us to trust you now as the Savior that we won't face you as our
0: judge. Amen, amen. You know, I was just thinking as you was, were giving us that information uh, the, about the fact that that maybe the Lord is allowing some of these things to happen to get our attention so that you and I can have a conversation about it and realize this is going to happen, and as you say, not too distant into the future there at the end of that seven-year tribulation period. Well, We hope thank that some you. of
4: our friends that are listening will perhaps look at our, our moon book, Our Created Moon, co-authored with Don DeYoung, an astronomer, available through sermonaudio.com slash Whitcomb, hoping we can be of help to some. God bless
0: that's you, folks. dot com slash Whitcomb. Right, and oh, that.
4: the name of the book is Our Created Moon.
0: We're going to see if we can get a copy of that, make it available at our website, com as well. Dr. Whitcomb, thank you so very much for the insight you give to us based upon your knowledge of the Word of God, not because you're a great scientist, but because you are a great student of God's Word you can explain these things to us. Thank you my dear friend. God bless. We'll talk again soon.
4: Thank you brother. Bye-bye. God
0: bless you. Wow, what a privilege to be able to talk with this great student of the word of God. A teacher, a professor, a author. He's a conference speaker. He's just very powerful as a leader in the Christian world today, especially as many people, many Bible teachers are going another direction and not teaching the Word of God. Let me remind you that all the conversations I have with our broadcast partners are available at our website, prophecytoday.com. You go there, prophecytoday.com. You go to PTRN, Prophecy Today Radio Network, This is radio when you want it at your convenience, when it's good for you to be able to sit down and listen. Well, we're going to take a break, a very important conversation upcoming. Brandon House is going to be talking about Passion 2013. You do not want to miss this conversation. That's all ahead right here on Prophecy Today. Hi, everybody. Jimmy DeYoung. Welcome back to Prophecy Today. In this segment, you do not want to go away from your radio, I'm going to be talking with Brandon House. He is going to be reporting to us about Passion 2013, 60,000 plus teenagers, college and career, those in the area of juniors and seniors in high school, they all gathered together in Atlanta, Georgia. And a lot of false prophets and false teachers were there with false doctrine. you got to keep the dial set where it is. You do not want to miss this conversation with Brandon House. May I give you the poll question today? You can go to my website, prophecytoday.com. There on the left-hand side of our homepage, scroll down, you'll see the poll question. Here it is. As we look at the political world leaders making decisions that seem to fall in a scenario for the last days as found in Bible prophecy, can we conclude that the political leaders and world events are indeed setting the stage for Bible prophecy to be fulfilled? Love to have you go to our website, prophecytoday.com, answer the poll question if you will. In addition to that, we are so excited about some of the items available on our website, our premium resource center. You need to double click on that, find out all the details. Pass, which is a prophetic army of senior saints. We want to reach the world through our senior saints. They have an opportunity to teach Bible prophecy where maybe some preachers are not doing that. And of course, if you want to go with us on a tour to Israel, everything's there on the website prophecytoday.com. It's the location where you can find out information that you need to have so that you can understand better these current events that are happening in our world and indeed as they are setting the stage for Bible prophecy to be fulfilled. Now we're going to continue bringing another broadcast partner to these microphones with us here on Prophecy Today. And we're going to change seats in this situation. Normally, Brandon House, who heads up a ministry called Worldview Weekend, he holds conferences, has radio broadcast, has TV broadcast. He does all kinds of things trying to get the body of Christ to be aware of what's happening in our world. For the Christian to understand what's going on so that we might be able to defend the gospel and go forward with what God's called us to do. I usually am with Brandon every Friday, and I do a Middle East news update for him, and then we open the phones for a prophecy Q&A. Have a great time. It's invigorating for me. Uh, But uh, recently he had to cancel that because he had a very, very important subject that he was dealing with. So Judy and I were on our way to our next meeting, my wife and I, we were traveling and we tuned in the broadcast and man, I was, I was shocked what I heard the report was about an event that took place in Atlanta, Georgia, 60,000 high school and college students getting together for a thing called Passion 2013. This so impressed me with its with the concern that all Christians should have about what was going on there. I felt like I needed to have Brandon on alerting you to what's happening and then sending you to his website so you can have an opportunity to listen to the interviews he had and hear some of these reports. We're not going to be able to deal with it in the short time that we have like Brandon did over a three-hour period of time, three days of his broadcast. Brandon, thanks a lot for joining us, buddy.
2: Thank you for having me on.
0: I First of all, tell us, and we're not going to be able to go in-depth. What I want to do is I want you to sometime in this interview, tell everybody listening how they can go to your website and find those interviews that you did with the broadcast partners you had and the report you gave. But first of all, just tell everybody, what was Passion 2013?
2: It's an event that was held in the Georgia Dome, and it's been held the last few years. It's 65,000 college kids there last week for three days. It was put on by Pastor Lou Giglio. Lou Giglio used to be, I would say, rather sound, but something appears to be having changed over the last few years. He brought in some speakers that are of great concern, one of them being a gentleman by the name of Judah Smith. Uh, According to several reports, Judah's wife is also a pastor. Judah's mother and father started a church in Seattle, uh, Washington, that he now pastors, and the Judah's mom was a pastor. Again, according to reports, uh, Judah's parents were discipled by a guy by the name of David Iverson, who C. Peter Wagner claimed he was a, a great apostle or had an apostolic ministry. So uh, it kind of, again, falls into the word of faith, the new apostolic reformation realm of apostles and prophets. Uh, we've got a recording of Judah Smith, Um, I can't say it in any other way other than taking the Lord's name in vain several times while talking to these kids. Um, Then you add the fact that there was a group there by the name of Jesus Culture. Jesus Culture is a contemporary Christian rock group, but it's more than just a rock group. It is a movement. Uh, Jesus Culture is a group that came out of the church of a guy by the name of Bill Johnson out of Redding, California. Bill Johnson is also part of this new apostolic reformation people that think they are modern prophets and apostles. And if you walk, go on to YouTube and you type in Jesus Culture Discernment Part 2, you will actually see these band members of this group that was at this conference talking about how they also hold conferences and how one of their goals is to get kids to be revived and to bring revival. And by revival, they seem to mean clearly that they want young people to realize they can do the very things Jesus did when he walked on earth. And in fact, many of the people with Jesus' culture and some of the people associated with Bill Johnson's church, with which they come out of Bill Johnson's church in California, talk about how we should be able to raise the dead, multiply food. They go on to talk about how they have, they were for a conference in Chicago, brought in Lou Engle and Cindy Jacobs and Bill Johnson. Lou Engle uh, You know, he thinks he's gone to heaven, and he thinks he's getting extra-biblical revelation. Uh, uh, Cindy Jacobs is a prophet at large for C. Peter Wagner. I've got video clips where she thinks the dead are being raised, where she says she's seen food multiplied, and where she also says she reversed a hysterectomy by praying for someone over the television. So this is introducing to college kids what I believe is clearly nothing more than mysticism, the new apostolic reformation, which is uh, fooling around, I believe, in the occultic realm.
0: Did you not say on your broadcast, when you were talking about some of these events unfolding, that one of the members of one of these singing groups said that she was cuddled by Jesus Christ?
2: Yes, she claimed to have had an encounter that Jesus came into the room and began to talk to her, and this has happened on a few occasions. And in fact, if you watch some of the videos that these people have uh, been interviewed on, they talk about one of their goals is to have people encounter God. One of the things you have to understand is when you when you hear their words, that they want to have revival, or they want people to encounter God, unless you know the terminology of the new Apostolic Reformation, you would think, oh, that sounds good. But when they say they want you to encounter God, as I listen to their interviews, they literally mean, they literally mean encounter God, like have a physical conversation with him, see him. Uh, It's very much what Richard Foster was teaching in his book Celebration of Disciplines in the early 70s. Um, and, And in fact, one way they do these things is through what is called contemplative prayer, which is nothing more than transcendental meditation given a Christian name. And in fact, the manifestations that we see on video occurring with some of these people and at their conferences like the Conferences of Jesus Culture or the uh, School of the Supernatural through their pastor Bill Johnson, the manifestations we're seeing of falling down on the floor and convulsing and holy laughter and all this other stuff are the same manifestations that we can see in Kundalini Yoga in the Far East. I believe these are the same demonic manifestations because I don't think these people are encountering the Jesus of the Bible. I don't think they're encountering God. I think they're fooling around with the doctrines of demons. (laughs)
0: That's exactly what God's Word said would happen there in the book of Timothy. Talk to me about two other leaders and speakers there at the conference, and I didn't hear you talk so much about them on your particular broadcast, but Beth Moore, who is a very popular woman speaker, and John Piper, both of these personalities, these teachers, supposed teachers of the Word of God, they were there. Uh, Do they agree with all this stuff?
2: Well, that's very interesting. Uh, Both of these people seem to have gone off the reservation over the last few years. Beth Moore is on a video called uh, Be Still, the video that is actually reportedly put out by Rupert Murdoch's company, Faith Fox. And so Beth Moore is on this video, Be Still, along with other people that are promoting, again, contemplative prayer. And in my book, Religious Trojan Horse, I deal with contemplative prayer, which, again, is just another way of calling for transcendental meditation. Instead of citing some kind of mantra, you just cite a few, You cite words of a Bible verse over and over until you enter the silence and supposedly encounter God. She's on that video, uh, Be Still. She also has been promoting a guy by the name of Brennan Manning. Brennan Manning was a Franciscan-trained monk, and I write about him and Beth Moore and John Piper in my book, Religious Trojan Horse. John Piper, I document in my book, has quoted C. Peter Wagner, who again has installed some 500 prophets who think they're still getting extra-biblical revelation to multiply food, raise the dead, do the very things Jesus did when he was here on Earth. And then I also show that Piper Nelly's quoted in some sermons, affirmingly, Peter Wagner, what we Not- need to understand is that something's afoot with evangelicalism, and people that once were thought to be solid are really promoting and hanging out with folks that I can describe as nothing less than heretical after literally thousands of hours of research. And what your radio audience needs to understand, Dr. DeYoung, is that these people like Jesus' culture or the New Apostolic Reformation are following a different Jesus. This is not the Jesus of the Bible. And the reason they say that is because when you listen to their description of Jesus, they teach that Jesus will come in his church, in his people, before he comes For his people, and this Jesus will come in this special breed, and in fact, we see on some videos where the Jesus culture band members are talking about this manifestation, and that this Jesus will come, and he will then allow us to be overcomers, or a part of Joel's army, or Omega children, and then we will be empowered to do these things like raise the dead, and judge the church and the world, and multiply food, and we will then be able to establish God's kingdom on earth. And once Jesus has come in this special breed, then later we'll establish his kingdom for him, and God right now is sitting next to Jesus, and they're really kind of wringing their hands, waiting for us to build his kingdom. And once we've done that, then God will turn to Jesus and say, I release you to go and physically rule on earth. Well, as you read their description of Jesus, that is not the Jesus of the Bible. So they have another Jesus. You have another Jesus, you have another gospel. And sadly, many in the Word of Faith have done this as well, which is right connected to the New Apostolic Reformation. They teach that Jesus did not come to earth as God. He came to earth as man. He later became God. That, again, is not the Jesus of the Bible. So we're dealing, quite frankly, I believe, after thousands of hours of researching this movement and that, uh, reading the research of others who've done thousands of hours, uh, this is nothing more than a theological cult.
0: Let me, uh, let me ask you to do two things quickly for us because our time is running out. First of all, how can people get access to those three hours of conversations that you had on this subject, uh, Passion 2013? How do they go to your website?
4: They just go to
2: worldviewweekend.com or worldviewradio.com. If they go to worldviewradio.com. Uh, they'll find the, the programs as they scroll through our archives, worldviewradio.com.
0: Okay, now the other thing, as I understand it, and you've already extended an invitation to me to be with you the first of the year, 2014, are you going to put an alternative out there for these college and these high school kids to come and hear the solid teaching of the Word of God?
2: Absolutely. That's our goal, January 2nd to the 4th, 2014. We've invited you, we've invited some other solid uh, biblical worldview uh, teachers Uh, as an alternative to what they're getting at some of these other conferences. And uh, we're calling it Campus Worldview Weekend. And it will be for juniors and seniors in high school and college students. So we'll be uh, rolling that out on our website, worldviewweekend.com, over the next uh, few weeks.
0: And you can find out more information about that as well right here on Prophecy Today. Brandon House, a special friend, a special broadcast partner to us, giving us insight that we need to know about what's happening even in Christian circles in our world today. Brandon, thank you so very much, my good friend. God bless. We'll talk again soon. Thank you. Wow. What a conversation. And the information that came to you through my conversation with Brandon House is very key. Again, go to the website prophecytoday.com. You can re-listen to this particular report from Brandon House. Well, we're going to take a break right now. And when we come back, I'll take my Bible, open it up. We'll take a look at the book. That's all ahead right here on Prophecy Today. (laughs)
3: Dr. Jimmy DeYoung's latest book, Revelation, A Chronology, takes a walk through the prophetic book of Revelation in the order that the events will take place, chronologically, sharing insights into its true meaning and doing so in an easy to understand and practical way. If you have difficulty understanding the book of Revelation, get your copy of Revelation, A Chronology, and let Dr. Jimmy DeYoung aid you in your understanding of this profound end times prophecy book that God has preserved in his scriptures for Christians in the last days. To order your copy of Jimmy DeYoung's Revelation, A Chronology, call us toll free at 877-674-3298 or visit our website at prophecytoday.com.
0: It's time right now here on Prophecy Today for us to take a look at the book. On Prophecy Today weekend, we had some very interesting and important conversations with our broadcast partners about current events. We talked, for example, with Dr. John Whitcomb about the report from astronomers that say there are 17 billion, now that's a B, 17 billion planets out there in our galaxy, but only one of them is inhabited according to the Bible. And then we also had a conversation with Brandon House. We talked about Passion 2012 and all the false prophets and teachers that brought forth false doctrine. They were speaking to over 60,000 young people juniors and seniors in high school and college kids and career young people, students being given false doctrine that is giving them a direction not found in the Word of God. My friend, you need to re-listen to those two conversations because when you do, you'll find out what science is saying that is wrong and what preachers, supposed preachers, I believe probably energized by Satan, are saying to destroy our young people. All of these conversations are on our website, prophecytoday.com. You can go there, and you'll be able to listen to every one of them, not only the two with Brandon House and Dr. John Whitcomb, but I had a conversation with uh, Ken Timmerman in Washington, Dave Dolan covering the Middle East, Rob Congdon. He was looking at the European Union, and Bob McGinnis. He's from the Pentagon, Washington, D.C. area. He was talking about the picks for the Secretary of Defense, Chuck Hagel, and the pick for CIA, John Brennan. These are important conversations as well, and they're available at our website. Go there, prophecytoday.com. Go to PTRN. You'll be able to re-listen to these very important conversations as we focus on the United States, Europe, and the Middle East, all these issues that we covered with our broadcast partners. You know, the bottom line in these reports from our broadcast partners focused on how political leaders are leading this world in a direction that is preparing earth dwellers for the end of time scenario that can be found in Bible prophecy. God's word says that the Lord will use world leaders in the last days to accomplish the plan that God has set forth in the Bible. That passage is found in Revelation chapter 17 and verse 17, where it explains to us how the Lord puts in the hearts of world leaders to accomplish his will. God brought human government into existence some 4,500 years ago. That's recorded there in Genesis chapter 9. And verse 6. Down through history, God has continued to use human government, and He's going to do so even today and into the future. The Lord will allow Satan to energize world leaders, human world leaders. And they will then be led by Satan to follow his direction, which is in the opposite direction of God, but God allows this to happen. In Daniel chapter 10, for example, in verse 13, it talks about a leader, a world leader in the Persian Empire period of time. His name was Haman, and God was allowing Satan to energize this man in order for him to go and try to wipe out all the Jewish world At that time, every Jew that existed in the world during the time of the Persian Empire, that was what was taking place when Haman tried to get the law of the Medes and Persians passed so that they could wipe out every Jew on the earth. In verse 20 of Daniel chapter 10, it talks about Antiochus Epiphanes, the prince of Greece. He's another world leader energized by Satan to accomplish Satan's plan, but it always plays into God's scenario found in the word of God. Human government in the form of the revived Roman Empire, Daniel chapter 9 and verse 7, will come to power. That's explained in Daniel chapter 9 verses 23 and 24. The European Union is most likely the infrastructure for that revived Roman Empire. God will also allow for the Islamic world to form a coalition, an alignment of nations that will move forward to destroy the Jewish state of Israel. That's found in Daniel chapter 11, verses 40 to 45, Ezekiel 38, and Psalm 83. God will also allow for a global economic crisis to bring to existence a one-world economic system. That's recorded and talked about and prophesied in the book of Revelation chapter 18. Actually, it's talking about Babylon, which will be the headquarters, the international headquarters for the Antichrist, who will lead that one-world economic system when everybody has to take the mark of the beast. These prophecies will be fulfilled, I believe, in the near future. As we look at what's happening in our world and then look at the prophetic scenario found in God's Word, it looks like both of these are coming together. The geopolitical events of today are actually setting the stage for Bible prophecy to be fulfilled. Now think about it with me. We're talking about what's happening in Europe, how the revived Roman Empire may well come out of the what is known today as the European Union. We're looking at the Middle East and all of these Islamic and Arab nations pulling a coalition together, each and every one of them speaking out very forcefully that they want to wipe the Jewish people off the face of the earth. The Palestinian people, uh, they're doing everything they possibly can to kill the Jews, and still they're land. That's talked about in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 35, verses 5 and 10. When you think about the economic world crisis, which is really that which will lead up to every single person on this earth receiving a mark, a mark in their forehead or the back of their hand. That's the book of Revelation, chapter 13, verses 16 and 17, where they will then have to have that mark, these people that are left on the earth during the last half of the tribulation period, they will have to have that mark in order to be able to buy or sell. I cannot say any more forcefully that we are in the time the Bible talked about. The geopolitical events of today are setting the stage for Bible prophecy to be fulfilled. I say that time and time again, but it is so true. Look at what is happening. Read the prophetic word of God, and you'll see they're coming together like never before in the history of the world. But let me remind you, the next event, the next prophetic event to happen will be the rapture of the church. The rapture and then the seven-year tribulation period and then the second coming of Jesus Christ. Most everything we talked about, the prophecies we were dealing with, are looking forward to the second coming. They precede uh, the second coming of Jesus Christ. But preceding all of these events will be the rapture of the church. And again, that could happen at any moment. I hope you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and are ready for that rapture. And that brings me to the conclusion of this look at the book. And all I really have to say, if the rapture could happen at any moment, let's keep looking up until... This is Jay Johnson inviting you to join us again next
3: week for more of Prophecy Today.